What's up, guys? Welcome back. It's PB and J. I'm back with Brian and Patrick, and uh, we have our first official comic book centric episode. Now, this one is is the topic we're gonna go over. Is uh, it's a big one. It's it's more about collecting comics and and what makes a comic uh, valuable. Um, if you're kind of looking to invest and make some money, um, and there the reason why why we came up on the subject is that uh, just so happens a couple months ago, my cousin was telling me that his friend was starting to collect comics and he wanted to make money off of them. And so I was like, what, you know, what comics is he buying? Is he researching? And he said that, no, literally his buddy was walking in the comic shops, finding the pretty comics that he thought looked cool. And he was buying them, bagging them up and putting them away. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, Oh my God, are you serious? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, dude, that is so wrong. Uh, I was like, he's throwing darts at a dartboard and he's hoping beyond hope that one of them hits. But since I don't know what he's buying, I couldn't really give like, like, oh, that's a good idea. I, I'm assuming that he's just buying like, you know, he sees the Superman. I'll buy that. You know, uh, he probably saw like a Captain Marvel. Oh, I just saw her movie. I'll buy that one. Uh, so it was a funny story. I told my, I gave my cousin some tips. I was like, uh, you know, he should look for this and this. And then. You know, he might, and he was trying to buy it on the cheap. And I was like, no, he's going to have to spend some money. Kind of like with everything, right? The, you know, you hear the saying, if you need, if you want to make money, you got to spend money. Uh, so anyway, I told this story to Brian and Patrick, and we were kind of laughing about it. But, you know, we kind of realized that people really don't know who, who, who aren't in the comic book world. They don't know what to look for. Uh, this guy doesn't know anything about comics, just probably just watched the Avengers movies. Um, so we decided, you know, we should run down a little list of, of what to look for. And Patrick, since he's our uh, eBay master and he's the guy who's uh, super on, on to buying uh, uh, comics that are, that are valuable and, and actually uh, bring back a return for him, uh, he prepared a little list. And so I'm going to throw it over to Patrick and I'm going to uh, let him get started and uh, let you guys know what, uh, what his steps of buying comics are. So what's up, dude? Yeah, hey, so, what's up, man? Hey, uh, sorry to interrupt you really quick. Like, I just want to add, like, um, a lot of people who are new into collecting comics, like, you know, they get excited after watching a, a movie about a comic book character, and then they'll go out to the comic book store, and they'll look for, like, whatever it is, number one. Um, and I, so, John, you could, uh, I don't know if this is true or not, but, like, I think whenever a movie of a character comes out, They'll they'll start a new series, right? Like Marvel or DC, a, a number one for let's say Deadpool on the spin off, like a separate story. Um, I think it's to get people who are new to it to to start reading it. But if you're if you want to go in as a collector, you might see that and you don't know anything. You're going to think that that's like the first comic, right? So you buy that up and then you think you know thinking there's value, but there's not. So so yeah, yeah. that's actually a good point. Um, I didn't think about that. Uh, but it's true. And uh, Marvel actually became kind of notorious, kind of infamous for doing this lately. And by lately, I mean within the last 10, uh, 15, 20 years. Um, what they would do is every couple years, they would end a comic and for, to get a sales boost. So I have to say the comic runs for 25, you know, 40, 50 issues, and they'll restart at the new issue, issue one. And that's just to get a short-term bump because a lot of people do, they do get, general collectors that come in and go oh a new number one and then they get a bump for that month and marvel took a lot of heat for that because there's no reason to do it 
you know, it's just like, you know, a comic runs for four years, bam, restart it. And it's like, why? You know, story-wise, there's no reason to. And it kind of upset people because you have these really long-running comics, like Incredible Hulk ran for like, uh, I, I think it hit 500 issues and then they restarted it randomly to issue one. And then ever since then, they've done it like two or three more times. And yeah, that's kind of, it's, it's a good point you brought that up. That's, it's fool's gold. It's fool's gold. Um, you see number one, you buy it and you're like, you know, oh man, this is going to be worth a lot of money. It's an issue one, but it's it's nothing. You know, the only issue one that you should concern yourself with is Incredible Hulk number one from 1962, I think. Uh, so yeah, that's actually that's actually a good, it's a, it's a tricky thing that Marvel did. Um, DC has been better about it. Um, really, it was when the new 52 came in in 2011. They did the mass reboot with the new issue number ones and they've kept it pretty much since then they don't they haven't rebooted them since uh so it's kind of a it's mainly a marvel thing that got kind of annoying um so yeah that's actually that's actually a good a good point there's there's a lot of number ones out there that uh people might think are worth money and they're not they're just because it has a number one on it doesn't mean you really have to do your research on that one that makes sense yep so I'm sure Patrick, you can probably get more into that with with your uh, your steps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, so uh, we'll talk about um, what makes a comic valuable, right, guys? Yep. Well, the answer is the law of supply and demand. That's it. Let's move on to the next topic. <laughs> I'm just playing. Oh. No. It sounds like uh, we're sitting in the uh, economics class or something. Right yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. The but the the law of supply and demand really does play a part in the value of comics. But that's really just too basic uh, of an explanation. I think um, from experience, there are really some key elements that have to work together in order to make a comic valuable. And throughout my collecting career, I've applied all of these principles all of the time. Unless I just wanted to buy a cover that I liked or some nostalgic uh, comic book like George of the Jungle number one, just because it reminded me of my childhood. Um, or He-Man or what? I've got Thundercats too, but that's a different topic. So let's go over the key uh, elements that I think that you need in order to, have a, uh, to make a comic book valuable. And these aren't in any particular order, by the way. Uh, the first one would be availability is really one of the key elements so is that comic rare or are they common or somewhere in between most comics are probably going to be somewhere in between but the more rare that comic is it has a better chance of being valuable but the big question is what actually makes a comic rare what do you guys think let me know no the big one would be a uh, low print run right an initial print run that's small um for example, the, the the big modern comic is Walking Dead issue one, which only which only printed, I think you said seventy three hundred. Yeah, seventy three hundred for that. That's one. it, man. That's I mean, and when I initially when I looked into it, I didn't think it was that low. I thought it was more like twenty, and seven thousand comics of issue one, after that show became such a monster hit, that's nothing. That's so rare. Um. So I mean, we're talking about supply and demand. There you go. You have this the which uh, at the time was the biggest show in the world. And then you had this tiny, tiny, minuscule 7,000 copies. So that's that's the big one. Low print runs uh, are 
I think that's probably the, the number one cause for rarity. Right, right. And um, that comic is pretty expensive, especially for a modern age book. Yeah, yeah. But that's not the only reason that comic books are rare. There's, a, there's another one. Some comics have been recalled uh, or have errors. Like uh, there's mm-hmm. that comic book in, what was it, 19, what did you say, 1999? The Elseworld. The Elseworlds, yeah, the 80-page giant. Yeah, so why don't you tell our uh, listeners and viewers about that one? Yeah, there, there was a, a comic called the DC, DC Elseworlds 80-page giant, which came out in 1999, 2000, around there. And it was a collection of short stories, and it, it was it was no big deal. It was just an annual whatever, just a random comic that they were going to put out. Uh, but there's a story in there called uh, Superman's Babysitter. And in that story, um, it was like, it was kind of like that, um, it's kind of like that, uh, it, that that little short from Pixar, the Jack-Jack, where the babysitter's trying to, you know, baby, you know, the Jack-Jack's powers come up. And right, the babysitter's, right, right. yeah, it's like, it's basically like that, but they did it, you know, a few years earlier. But there was a couple of sensitive uh, uh, points in there. One, I think, I think she, he's super the baby superman ends up in a microwave and it doesn't yeah. do anything it doesn't do anything to him because he's superman and the other thing is that he he gets hungry and he picks up a cow and he he drinks milk straight from the udders and um you know once the comic got published dc kind of was like they kind of backed off and they thought oh you know those those little uh story points are a little too risque they didn't want want those getting out so they 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 stopped the release but a few hundred made it to europe and so you had this comic that with the print run insanely low, just a few hundred got out there. And of course, the collectors jumped all over it. So the price for that one immediately skyrocketed. And it's just an 80-page annual, like, goofy comic. It meant nothing. But because of the rarity, uh, because of, the rarity of it, it drove the price up. And it's still high because it's, it's, there's just not that many. You just can't get them. Right, right. So now we've got, um, for availability, we've got low print run. And we've got recalled or has particular errors in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some there's something else too. Like some comics have actually had a decent print run, but because somehow they're either lost or thrown away or damaged, um, they became rare. So I have a perfect example for you guys. Let's take Action Comics number one from 1938. Uh, a lot of you probably know this is the first appearance of Superman, which is the most expensive and most sought after book in in history. That is the one. That's that's the major one. But I don't know if many people know this, but it had a print run of about two hundred thousand. That's not rare. That's that's actually pretty common. That's a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. However, after all these years since nineteen thirty eight, there is between fifty and a hundred copies left. So from being a common print, it became rare because so many have been lost and damaged. So those are the basically the um the availability issue of making a comic rare a low print run a comic that's been recalled or has errors and or if it's an older comic and they've been lost or damaged and there are hardly any left um yeah i think i think that actually sets up the next um step would be the age of the comic right like if a comic is old most likely it's rare therefore the value is going to be high um Superman was 1939, right? And Batman... 38, 38. 38, uh, yeah. And then Detective Comics 27 with Batman was 1940, and then Wonder Woman 1941. So these comics are pushing 100 years old, and there just aren't going to be that many. They're just so old. 
And it's not not just these ones um, with the big name characters, but if you look at like comics like Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, uh, those yep. are worth a lot, right? Oh, they are. They are. Yeah, yeah, because they're all in the '40s and they're just not that many. Because just because of time, they you know, uh, like like Patrick said, they got destroyed, they got damaged. People just you know leave them in there, right? They leave them in the attic and they don't, <laughs> and they don't, they don't take care of them, and then they're just. Uh, you know, they're, they're trash. They, so. they use them for insulation in a house. Did you hear about that one contractor that bought a house, broke into the walls, and he found an action number one in the wall and sold it? That's great. <laughs> That's ridiculous right there. That's the jackpot, dude. That is yeah. jackpot. Comic collector's dream right there. But, you know, the age makes it even more so rare that out of the action comics, out of the hundred that are left, give or take a hundred, there are only like three near mint copies, right? Two are slabbed and one of them is unslabbed. So how rare is that? Now compare that to uh, which comic were we talking about earlier? Walking Dead. There's probably at least a thousand near mint or more mm-hmm. of the 7,300. So yep. yes, the comic is rare because there was only 7,300 printed, but near mint copies, there's like over a thousand. And now you take Action Comics number one and there's only three in the whole world that are near mint. And isn't like Detective Comics? Isn't there? Wasn't? Isn't there only like fifteen or something like that? Like, I that are the exact number of Detective, but that one is uh, pretty rare, also. Just like you know the uh, what is it? Um, All Star Comics number eight, the first Wonder Woman. Right. Yeah, they're just not that many. Yeah. So let's go over to the next element that uh, requires a requirement for um, comic book to be uh, valuable. It would be popularity. So if the book or the character in the book becomes popular, like the blue chip comics, like action comics, detective comics, amazing uh, fantasy, uh, people will want it. Because if somebody doesn't want the comic and it's not popular, it's probably not going to be worth that much. Um, If the demand goes up on something, the the value generally increases also. Now, you guys got to be careful because sometimes the anticipation or hype will temporarily cause the value of a book to increase. Yeah. Yep. But once the hype dies, so might the value. Like um, Showcase 22, so the first Hal Jordan and Green Lantern number one, the prices on those books actually skyrocketed just before the Green Lantern movie came out. But because uh, it wasn't done too well, those prices dropped right after the movie hit. Um, I was kind of annoyed at that. <laughs> it is. I have one of those copies. Did it drop back to what it was, or did it drop below that because the movie no, was that bad? No, it dropped to back uh, to to what it was. But you're you're looking at like uh, the comic doubled, you know, because of the hype before the movie came out. And then I saw the movie myself, and I'm like, well, that's not good for this comic. And it did drop back down <laughs> again. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I'm sure people bought it at like 4,500, and it probably back dropped down to 2,500. So I'm sure some people were really annoyed because they assumed that it was going to skyrocket and continue that that value, but it didn't. It just dropped. And and you know, um, sticking with this with with hype and being careful with hype, Brian, you told a story the other day about how in the 90s you and your brother bought a bunch of like the Image comics, right? Like uh, Young Blood and uh what did, you, what did you get like spawn savage dragon yep and the mac mac <laughs> there's a few other ones that i have too but yeah yeah, like yeah. 
Uh, the, I remember that. That was the early 90s, and the hype on Image was so high that all these comics came out. Uh, you know, Savage Dragon, Youngblood, Wildcat, Spawn, and uh, just drove the price. I remember, I remember those comics being over, there were hundreds of dollars um, at one point. Uh, Shadowhawk. Um, and, and not only Image, but Valiant Comics, too. I don't know if you guys remember Valiant Comics. And that was like Man of War, Exo Man of War, Magnus Robot Fighter, True oh, Rock. Yeah. So those were like, I mean, in the early 90s, those were just worth a ton of money. And and then they started doing like the chrome covers. Did you get any of the chrome covers, Brian? I did, yeah. Yeah. Oil, oil <laughs> the covers, foil covers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and they were, you know, uh and so so the hype was, was just huge. But then after a few years, once the hype died and people realized these comics actually weren't very good to read, um, those 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 values just in the dump. Those there were toilet paper now. Um, I remember uh, I had I, just by luck I had the first cable. Uh, just by luck I got out I got out as a birthday present as a kid, uh, and I remember watching the value on that just jump. You know Rob Liefeld, right? You know he was at the peak of his powers, and the value went to like two fifty. And then over the years I kept checking, and it's just down, 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 down. And it's still worth a little bit, um, but yeah, that initial hype you have to be careful for if you're going to spend money. You, you don't want to do. I know people who bought like remember Lady Death. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, they had a leather bound cover. It was leather, real leather, super rare. And it was like 150 bucks or something. That's it's like it's just, I mean, it's still worth a little bit, but not that much. <laughs> well, what about the Ultimate Spider Man? Remember, like Ultimate Spider Man White that was selling for two thousand dollars. Yep, yeah, because those are the new oh, what's the Ultimates? The Ultimates are so cool. Ultimate Spider Man is so good. Look at this variant. And then now, you know, you could you fast forward 20 years later, and the Ultimate Comics aren't even around anymore. Yeah. And I think that can, will bring us to our next one, which, um, which is. is the modern the modern comics, right? Right, right. <laughs> Sorry, it's like the modern comics. Um, starting in the '90s, there was so much supply. You know, talk about supply and demand. They overprinted these comics. That's why the value is so low. You can go get Spawn right now. Spawn issue one. You can go get it right now for twenty dollars. Um. So in order to return a value, if you're going to get a modern comic, the grading on this on the comics have to be so high, right? Right, Patrick. Like, what would you say it needed to be? Oh, for a modern age comic, you probably if you want it for investment purposes, not just collecting, but investment purposes, you probably need a nine point eight. Anything nineteen eighty five on, they're so common. You need nine point eights, and you can definitely see it if you go into eBay. You, you notice the big jump between an, uh, between a nine point six and a nine point eight. Um, I don't even have it. I have like one 9.6. Uh, most yeah. of mine are uh, my good ones that I like. They're, they're like 9.2, 9.4 highest. That's it. Yeah, like, like I mean, they're that's almost perfect. All, like, they have to be printed, like, immediately slabbed to get a 9.8. That's so hard to get. So, um, I mean, like, we were talking earlier, like, unless you got lucky and you got Walking Dead issue one, unless you hit the jackpot on that one, um, I mean, what, what do you think too? Like Venom, Amazing Spider-Man three hundred. That's uh, probably yeah. like those uh, two are probably unless you can think of another one. I think those are those are two modern comics with the most that went up in value the highest. 
Yeah, definitely the first Venom, Amazing Spider-Man 300. But even those, if you can get those on 9.8, those are very expensive comics. Yeah, so other than that, the modern era is is hard. It's so hard to get value on those. There's there's a couple, you know, there are there are a couple that are, are going up in value, but it, you know, like... Um, uh, the Deadpool, like all his all his miniseries and stuff from the '90s, but it took 20 years for for a profit to start coming in. So if you're coming in, you want to buy some comics that you think are you know getting invested on, you're gonna you're gonna have to go pre modern. You're gonna have to go at least Silver Age. That's what I think. What, what do you think, Patrick? Yeah, you can. I mean, like I said, if you uh, and, and you know, first of all, it's difficult to get premium comics in Silver Age and Golden Age that are near mint, those are so expensive, they're out of most people's price ranges. So if you're starting out and you, you want to collect something, you might want to just collect the modern uh, age comics and just get a higher grade. And we're, we're going to go into one of those key elements a, a, a little bit later. There's, there's one more um, that'll help you guys determine if a comic could potentially... <laughs> later. I'm not giving out any hints of what the key element is, but potentially <laughs> it might be there. So what we're talking about right now is that the key element is really condition. And and um there are a couple of variables in the in the condition. So it's quality, is it a restored comic? Is the comic book complete? Um if it's unrestored, it basically means that it was uh unaltered so restored comics are altered to enhance the appearance to get a better grade um the better the comic condition is the the more expensive it will be um for example let's take action comics again i know i keep using action comics but it's 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 a great comic to illustrate uh these that's key the, elements yeah that's the and, big one so yeah in, in in 2014 there was a near mint copy that sold for over three million dollars and that was in 2014 now in 2018, so the prices should be going up, a 2.0 sold for 167000 So see the difference there? In 2014, a near mint one sold for three over $3 million. And a 2.0, you're, you're only going to get one sixty-seven. I know that sounds like a lot of money, but consider the comic. So the quality has a lot to do with the value of a book. And that's what we were talking about. If you want a modern age comic book, if you don't have the highest grade possible, yes, the price of the comic will increase, but not to the extent if it's, if it's an actual perfect comic book like a 9.8. So that, that would be the, the difference. Um, as far as restoration goes, what do you guys think about restoration? Do you guys care if a comic book is uh, restored for your personal collections? I don't like restored comics. I want a comic that is unrestored. Um, I made a mistake when I was first collecting comics. Um, I bought a, uh, what is an X-Men 95, and it had a date on it. So, I mean, I was younger. I was uh, a teenager, and so I took some whiteout, and I colored the date on the cover with the whiteout, clearly not knowing that that would be considered restoration. So... <laughs> Because I hated seeing it. It bothered me so much that like 20 years later, I bought like a, a 9.4 of the same comic book. But I just don't like restoration. Now, if you think about it, though, like I like old cars, too. Like I like Mustangs. 
and I don't mind having a restored Mustang, but for some reason in comic books, I just want them unrestored. Even if there are marks on it now, I don't even really mind. But once the comic book is restored, I don't like it. And you can actually see the price difference. The value actually decreases when a comic book is restored, even if it looks better. So if you get a, a, a comic book that's graded at a 9.2, but it's restored, uh, an 8.0 comic that's unrestored is going to be a lot more valuable than that 9.2 that is restored. There are multiple examples of that across the board on basically every comic book. Yeah, I think I think when you restore it, I think it's it's almost like you're killing the history of the book, you know? Like, it got its damage over time, and then you're restoring it, and it's, it's, it's like, oh, that's fake. That's not real. That's not what it looks like. You know, exactly. Like, you know, you're killing, you're killing the, the character of the comic, I guess. So, yeah, I, I stay away. I stay away from restoring it. If it's restored, I don't want it. What about you, Brian? What do you think? Yeah, like, as an investor, I would not, I would stay away from restored comics. Um, but if I if I really wanted to have a issue of something that I really want but I couldn't afford, then I would get that just to have it. But I wouldn't consider that as an investment. Because like at, at this point, if you're going to consider it, if you're investing in comics, you need to treat it like an art piece, right? Like it can't be like altered or or changed in any way because then that's not original anymore. Even if it's just like one corner of one page, it's you know you're you're altering it in um even if you're like keeping the pages like fresher to or or you know restore the color in the book it's not the same anymore it's not original like like john said so you you're not like getting the like you're not letting it age naturally um but then that's what people look for right like they want the reason why those books are graded high is because it's uh, naturally still in a very good condition Right, and that's what gives its value. It's not that it's been restored back to like a like a good condition book. Okay, well, I got this question for you guys. Then, since the key element we're talking about is condition, quality, and restoration, um, I really don't like. Like I said, I don't like writing on a book. So, what about a signature? This I think is subjective, right? I think we talked about this uh, a little bit last time. Um, I don't like signatures on my book. I want the book clean, but John, you like signatures, right? Yeah, I used to, uh, when I used to go to Comic-Con when I was younger, man, I, I stood in line and I got hundreds of comics autographed. I thought it was just the coolest thing ever. Um, and this was, this was before Comic-Con really blew up and became, you know, Comic-Con. So I did it, I did it for like 10 years, probably, uh, maybe a little bit more. Take, I would take a big old stack of like the stuff I wanted to get signed, I, I find out who was going to be there and what time they're going to sign. And man, I got tons of them signed. Uh, but yeah, as I got and 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 I was, I was just a kid, so I didn't know. But when I was a kid, I thought, oh man, the artist signed it, and now it's more valuable, and I got to be careful with it. But then as I got older, I, I you know just doing research and stuff, I found out that um, it's totally subjective. It it's some people don't like it, like Patrick. Um, they some people hate it if they personalize the signature. They said like if they wrote like to John, you know, signed you know Jim Lee, then you know someone named Brian isn't gonna want the comic that says to John. On it. <laughs> so no, I, I agree with that totally. But here's the weird thing: is like for me, I think it brings the value lower. But if you look at the sales, like with Stan Lee's signature on an Amazing Fantasy, the price is above. So if you had like an eight point of an amazing fantasy that had Stanley's signature on it, I've been noticing that it actually does sell more than when it doesn't have his signature on it. 
But me as a collector, I wouldn't pay as much because I just don't like it on there. Yeah, and and I think too. I think it, I don't. I don't even think it, it affects the um like the Overstreet price guide. I don't think it affects it at all. It's just a right. signature. It doesn't do anything, unless you can get it certif- a certificate of authenticity, unless you can get one of those. Like when you get it graded, and uh, and I think you said um, it's a yellow color, right? Uh, when they grade it, and it's yellow. It is. Um, that's through uh, CGC, but I mean that's a that's a that's a whole other topic that we got to yeah other episode. But what I understand is that CGC they will only give it a yellow label if um, they're there to witness it. Yeah, they yeah. Don't verify signatures. So if you come in with your comic book signed by Stanley, whether it is from Stanley or not, they're not going to certify it, giving it a yellow label. They will not. They'll just say there's some writing on the on the cover, because they didn't see it. Yeah. So now the the the, so, the other um, companies will, like I think CBCS and PGX, they will verify signatures, but CGC doesn't. Yeah, and and yeah. So it, I was going to say that. If, if you're looking to invest and you want to bring up the value of your comic, it's probably better off. You're probably better off not getting the signature. Um, if you're looking to invest it and sell it later at max value, it's probably safer just to not do it. Just slab it and, and keep it that way. Um, like you said, if, if CGC is someone is actually there to see the signature, like, but well, that's so hard. When are you going to do that? When are you right. going to go somewhere and, you know, a guy signing and you're going to have a guy, a CGC guy there too at the same time. It's just not going to happen. So, if you if you are investing purely for financial reasons to maximize it, don't get the signature. Yeah. If if you just think it's cool and you want them for yourself, then go for it. Like I thought it was just super cool to have all these signatures. Um, it doesn't hurt the value. It doesn't raise it either though. So, uh, it's purely a subjective thing uh, on, uh, for the collector. That's that's pretty much it. Now. Uh... Also, with the with the condition of the comic, if there's a piece missing out of the comic, that's really bad. Like I know back in the day, Marvel wanted you to cut out the Marvel stamp, and you can oh put it yeah, in the yeah. The price goes way down, way down. Like on a uh, Hulk one eighty one. I mean, uh, yeah, Hulk one eighty one, the first Wolverine. Marvel stamps are cut out of those pretty routinely. They were cut out. Yeah. Like, Price is less than half because it's not a complete comic anymore. And if and if there's a piece cut out and it affects the story, that's that's even worse. You just don't want pieces of comics out. So if you're to buy a comic book, um, look through it. Don't just judge. Don't judge the book by the cover. <laughs> you have to look through it. You know, I actually went to Comic Con. Um, I don't know. This is like eight or nine or ten years ago, something like that. And I was just interested in an amazing fantasy 15. And I ever heard one of the dealers um, in a conversation uh, with the patron because he just bought that amazing fantasy. And he and he what I overheard was about half an hour before he said, do you remember me? I just bought this comic from you. And I think he paid like, uh, I don't know, at the time was like eighteen hundred dollars for amazing fantasy. It was probably more than 10 years. It was probably like 15 years ago. And he said there are pieces missing you didn't tell me this but i looked through it and i want my money back and the guy's all well he goes no you better give me my money back so the guy gave him his 1800 dollars back the dealer didn't know that i was listening so i i went up to him and i said oh is that an amazing uh fantasy 15 and i said what's the condition he said it's like a 
4.0, right? Like a very good comic. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, it's in great condition. So he was trying to sell me a comic. <laughs> it had missing pieces in it. So you have to be really careful. That's why when I purchased comics, I learned a lesson a long time ago. That actually happened to me. I bought um, Superman number 30, which is uh, the first Mixoplick. One of my favorite characters from uh, when I was a kid, one of the uh, best villains uh, out there that I liked. And um, they said that it was like a 6.0 fine. I asked if there were any missing pieces or anything like that. They said no. I got it in the mail, and on multiple pages there were pieces cut out of it. No, I think I think I remember. You're, I think I remember you telling me this. Yeah, I was I was really mad. I I called back and I found the guy's phone number, and the person that picked it up was the guy's dad. So he's all, my son did this. He gave you a comic book that had pieces missing. Don't worry, he'll fix it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the guy calls me back. You spoke to my dad, huh? And I'm like, well, that's the number that I had, but you gave me a comic book that had pieces missing out of it. And he goes, well, what do you want me to do? I'm like, this is not worth that much anymore. I'm all, uh, give me half my money back. I still, I still have the comic, but because of that, I bought like three more. <laughs> so I have like four <laughs> copies of that comic now in, in better condition. So yeah. just be careful. That's uh, why it's important it. to have an independent place like cgc to grade it and i mean that's like a whole nother topic um but that's why it's important to have it graded so um you know what you're getting versus like just trusting whatever the person is telling you so yeah so yeah, yeah so that's that's yeah, really important yeah and, and we'll get into it later another you know really in depth but yeah if, if you're also investing and and you want to maximize the potential it's a good idea to get your comics slapped get them graded and slab and that way um, once they put that you know 9.2 on it it's for sure it's not you're not eyeballing it it's it is a 9.2 and you can sell it as a 9.2 so uh, that's also a good idea but well, like I said we'll have we'll go over we'll go over CGC and uh what's the other one uh PGX PGX and CBCS yeah. those we'll are go, yeah we'll go major. we'll go over those in a full in depth in another video but but yeah uh, getting graded is a, is highly recommended so let's see here. So what makes a comic valuable? We've gone over some of the key elements. Uh, one of them was availability. Um, one of them was uh, popularity, um, condition, uh, quality restoration, and um, age. So now let's talk about the next one. The next one would be significance. So right. what do I mean by significance? Well, let's see. Was there a first appearance of the character, or was it a first issue? Or maybe there was some sort of major event uh, that occurred in the comic book um, or some historical significance. Again, let's take Action Comics number one again. First of all, it was the first appearance of a character, Superman. And not only that, but it's that comic is widely considered to be the beginning of the superhero genre. And most consider that book to be the start of the golden age of comics, which is the first of the four comic book ages. So significance has a lot to do with the value of a comic book um what other comics have you guys seen out there that may have like a lot of significance attached to it well um you know, and this this ties into what brian was talking about earlier with all the fake uh, issue ones um you could, for for this for this significance you're gonna have to do your research you're gonna have to get an overstreet price guide and you're gonna have to look into it you're gonna have to google and you're gonna have to find out which comics have the significant that you know something of significance so i used incredible hulk earlier 
Incredible Hulk number one was the first appearance of the Hulk, right, in 1962. And Bruce Banner and Betty and Rick Jones and General Ross. So that's a, you know, that was, and I think that was the second Marvel comic. I think, I think it went Fantastic Four, or uh, Mar- Modern, um, uh, Stanley, Stan- the Stanley Marvel. Uh, I think he did Fantastic Four, and then I think he did the Hulk. So that's a pretty, pretty significant uh, uh, comic. Uh, but there are like three or four Hulk series that restarted with number one. So you're going to have to look, really look at them and be like, okay, there's all there's incredible Hulk number one from 2008. Oh, that's trash. Uh, oh, there's another uh, number one from 2012. Okay. That's trash. It's about the issue one in 1962. Um, so, so for this one, you're going to have to do your research uh, uh, before, you know, before buying. Um, I'm trying to think of a big, significant comic. I, I guess, well, I guess, I guess Fantastic Four won, right? That's the yeah. dawn of the Stan Lee era of Marvel. That's the Marvel that we all know. Uh, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Hulk, the Avengers, all that stuff. Uh, so Fantastic Four won is, is Stan Lee's first relaunch, no, or new Marvel universe, I guess. That'd be, yeah. one, that'd be one that I would say is pretty, pretty big. Yeah, exactly. So, if you if if that's um, if that key element is is part of the comic book that you're researching, it has uh, the potential to be really valuable, which uh, leads us to our last key element, which is potential. <laughs> so <laughs> this, this, this is the uh, this is the one key element that's a really a little bit more difficult to uh, apply. Because it's subjective and speculative. Yeah. There are, uh, let's see. Spider-Man, Amazing uh, Fantasy 15 is the first Spider-Man. Well, several years later, what, what year was it that, that, that Miles Morales came out? Uh, Miles Morales came pretty recently. He's within the last 10 years. Right, within the last uh, uh, 10 years. Now, I never bought that book. And the reason why I didn't buy it it's because I was so used to the original um, Spider-Man, and I felt kind of like I was betraying Peter Parker. No, really. So <laughs> I didn't buy it. However, now that book is expensive. So if when that book first came on the shelf, you could have thought to yourself, well, that has potential you know, to be something great. And after the cartoon came out, you know, the, uh, the movie, Into the Spider-Universe? Into the Spider-Verse? Spider-Verse, um, yeah. Yeah, that that comic just shot up. And yeah, yeah, I'm looking at that one right now, and it was uh, 2011, Ultimate Fallout Four, and a 9.8 is worth 400 dollars right now. Yeah, and if they make a live action movie out of out of Miles Morales, I guarantee you that comic's going to even skyrocket more. Oh yeah, for sure. And here's the thing: in that in that um, in that movie, there are other characters. That could again be potentially worth more, like uh, the the Gwen Stacy Spider-Man character. Uh, I think that was What If number one o five. That one is going to be up. Can you check that one, John? See what that one's going for. Yeah, I'll check Spider Gwen. I believe it's one. Uh, what If one o five. And then uh, 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 Spider-Man Noir by the Nicolas Cage. Right, right, uh, right. He's he's actually they're actually bringing him back. There's a new there's a new um, uh, Spider-Man Noir car- uh, comic. So already they're already starting to to see 
those characters coming back. Right now, there's a there's a question because Brian and I uh, talked about this a little bit. The difference between potential and hype. Now, hype is totally different. Like with the um, Green Lantern movie coming out, there was a lot of hype on a character that was already established. But we're talking about the potential of a character becoming big. There's a big difference between the two. They sound similar, but they're completely different. Um, Not sure if you're understanding it. Am I explaining it the right way, Brian? Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, because like like you know the image, you know the, the the hype. It was a new company. Oh, look look at this huge you know Image Comics and had all the top artists from Marvel. They're gonna change the business, and they did change the business. They did, um, and there was all the hype on the characters they're creating. Now the big red flag that I would have you know if I was old enough at the time to 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 realize is that they were all writing and drawing their own comic. Well, they were they weren't writers; they were artists. So. When you read their comics, you read Youngblood by written and drawn by Rob Blackout, it's not good. <laughs> you know, like, you know, Spawn was written and drawn by McFarlane. It was okay. Uh, it looked great. The artwork was amazing. So the big red flag there was like, okay, you know, there's all these hype, this new universe and all this stuff. Will these characters, will they last? Will they become culturally important? Um, and the answer is no. No, they didn't. Um, if you guys know who Shadowhawk is, no, that was no. one of the that was one of the original seven uh, 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 Image Comics. Um, you know, his other characters like Savage Dragon is more of a cult. He's more of a cult hero. He has a strong cult following. Uh, Youngblood is not even published anymore. Wildcats isn't published anymore. Um, so that's hype. That's just hype. Look at this new universe. With this, it's going to be awesome. That's hype. Uh, potential is something like um you know miles morales right that's and we use that example we'll stick with it it's this character who took over for spider-man in the ultimate comics uh so he was continuing the series uh so spider-man didn't end it just picked up with him um and this is a this is a big one too is that he was racially diverse he's mixed hispanic and black um so you have the first uh minority character picking up the role of spider-man so that's potential that's the difference you're seeing something here that's like wait a minute this is new but there's something to it whereas like the image was like it's just new and it's hype and it's all these great artists who are now writing when they're not writers you know like Mm -hmm. so 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 yeah that's it's hard to distinguish but there, there is a difference yeah yeah so Let's go over those um, key elements again of what makes a comic book valuable. So number one was availability. Is it rare or is it common? The more rare it is, uh, the more likely that it could be valuable. Okay. Now, popularity. If it's in high demand, it's going to be more valuable. Because if nobody cares about the character, nobody's going to want to want it. Then we've got condition. Is it restored? Is it complete? Um, how high is the grade? Is it a near mint copy or is it just a basic fair or a good copy? Makes a big difference. The higher the grade, the more valuable it will be. And age has a lot to do with that because the older comics are more difficult to find in higher grades. 
That's why if you find an extremely high-grade Golden Age comic, it will be worth so much more. And another key element was significance. Did it have a first appearance? Was there a major event or a historical significance? And the last key element would be potential. Um, is there a potential for that character to be mainstream? And if it does, then potentially it could increase the value of that comic book as well. Um, so uh, what do you guys think? It, it's, you know, it, it's a lot of information um, that goes into this, but, um, you know, you, you know, you're going to have to do your homework. You're going to have to do your homework. If you're going to really buy a comic that's worth something, uh, you're the Google um, get an overstreet, see what the prices are, talk to people. Um, if you can get to a comic shop, ask them, you know, they're, they're going to be more knowledgeable about, you know, uh, about what's hot, what's selling, what's, you know, what characters are, you know, that everyone's into. Um, don't just buy anything, you know, willy nilly and just think that looks cool. I'm going to buy it. You know, I, you know, I love Wolverine. I'm going to buy his comic and it's going to be worth a lot of money. No, it's probably not. Um, so yeah, that's it's it's not easy. This isn't easy. It's not an easy thing to do. Comics aren't exactly uh, main like super mainstream. They're, they're getting there, you know, especially because of the movies. But um, it's still a hard. It, it's it's hard. It's hard to buy a, a a comic and then hope that it gets value back. And and especially if you can't afford the golden age, silver age comics that are you know fifty thousand dollars seventy five especially if you can't afford that it's it is really hard so do your homework um you know i don't you know we don't want you out there you know spending your money on stuff that just isn't going to do anything for you you know there there is something that i didn't mention but it has to do a little bit about hype and this is even with the blue chip uh comic books like uh amazing uh, fantasy 15 the first spider-man when all the spider-man movies were coming out an amazing fantasy, like in a CGC 3.5, uh, was was selling for twenty four thousand uh, dollars. Now that same comic book is now selling for uh, eighteen to nineteen thousand dollars. So when there's hype, even with mainstream characters, you can lose a lot of money if you buy it during the hype. Um, I, I would suggest never to buy a comic when there's a lot of hype about it regardless of, 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 of the character. Um, that's a good way to lose a lot of money. Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll go over in, in, in future videos, we'll go over comics that, um, that, we, that we think have potential. Um, uh, mainly, they're going to be Marvel-based because of the movies. The movies are, they are affecting the prices of the comics. Like, what would you say, uh, Patrick? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're they are affecting it. So we'll we'll come up with videos later of what comics, uh, you know, that are a little more modern, a little more affordable that might be worth jumping onto. And Brian, you're gonna say something? I was gonna say like, um, yeah, this is more like for long term investment. It's not something you just buy it and then wait until the. I mean, unless you know when to sell it and you have no attachment to the to the comic. Um, but I think we, I can say for all of us that we do have some attachment to the, the ones that we collect and that that's why we have them. Um, so it's a long-term thing, right? Like you have to just ride through the hype and, or, or wait or, and, you know, more important, do your research. Um, so something different, like we didn't add to the list, but I want to bring it up in case, um, you know, people are thinking about this. Is there, uh, John, you sort of touched on this. 
What about the uh, like the artist or the writer for us? particular um, that that doesn't help at all right i mean it's really more of the story itself together yeah it's it's you know and, and it, it kind of works like in real life if there's a super popular artist um his his you know his stuff's gonna be worth more but then when you know and it's it's kind of morbid to say but when they die that's when the value jumps up um so this actually more goes goes towards signatures and stuff. Um, Stan Lee used to sign everything, everything under the sun. Patrick probably knows about this. You yeah. handed him anything, he would sign it. Didn't even matter. It was DC, whatever. F it, he'll sign it. So for collectors, uh, getting a signature for Stan Lee was really easy. Well, now it's not. You know, he passed away. So now the value of this stuff that he's touched um, goes up. Now, if you're talking about you know, a comic with an artist. I think this is what Brian meant. Um, you know, you know. Let's talk about an artist, uh, John Buscema. We talked about him the other day. Uh, he's a legendary Conan artist for Marvel. So, uh, if you want to go back and buy those old Conans, is it the fact that John Buscema drew it? Does it make it more valuable? No, not really, because it's mass produced. Um, it's not an original uh, copy. Like those. That's like. That's what makes a difference if you can get, you know, you, you bought the actual original art from John Buscema. So, so no, a writer and artist um, doesn't really affect uh, a comic. So, uh, for example, Incredible Hulk 340 is uh, a really popular Hulk comic. It was the Grey Hulk fighting uh, Wolverine. It was really popular. Uh, and Tom McFarlane drew that issue. And this was pre-Spider-Man Tom McFarlane um, before he became, you know, big megastar Tom McFarlane. So when you go back to buy that comic, is it like, oh, Tom McFarlane drew it, therefore it's worth more? No, it's that it was just a cool story that was low print run and everyone jumped on. So no, in a short answer, no. A writer, artist on a comic, it doesn't really matter. Uh, by the way, uh, that cover is awesome. Oh, yeah, that's one of the greatest covers ever. Yeah, it's 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 so awesome that I drew it. Did I show you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's and I'm not an artist. I loved it so much I drew it. <laughs> it may have not have looked good. You're like, did did, uh, did you draw? Is that Superman, dude? That's, <laughs> no. <laughs> Tracing paper over the copy pad and traced over it. I didn't trace over it. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I'm just kidding. You're like damaging your 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 plug. <laughs> All right, cool. Any other do we have uh, any other questions or No, I th I think we covered everything and and you know for all the listeners out there, I, um hopefully this helps and uh, if you need any more specific examples, you know, feel free to go ahead and list them in the comments and we'll we'll try to get to them. Oh, you know what? We were talking about this earlier. It was a story that I had, and it's just a, this is just a funny story. Um, you know, talking about you know investing, you know, people investing poorly and stuff. Uh, when I was uh, working, um, I was working at Ralph's Grocery right out of high school. So this is 2000, 2001. So I was I was just a kid, 17, 18. One of my coworkers found out that I read comics, and she came running up to me. She's like, "John, do you read comics?" And I go, "Yeah," and she's like, "Oh man." How much is Death of Superman worth? Superman, Superman issue 75. And I go, oh, about 20 bucks. And her face just drops. And she's like, 
are you are you serious? And I go, yeah, why? And she's like, but it's in the bag. The condition's good. And I was like, yeah, I know. 20 bucks. And she just was like, I thought she was, I have three of them. I thought my kid's college was paid for. And I started to laugh. And 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 it's funny because it hit that comic hits a couple of criteria, right? Uh historical event, Superman died. Uh it's a popular character everyone loves. Uh, condition was good that she never opened the the bag it came in uh however they made way too many of those comics there are so many out there like they like hundreds of thousands maybe even more they printed you can get one anywhere you can go to any comic store any convention they got it uh so i was laughing i mean it was funny to me she was pretty sad and then she goes <laughs> it's funny to me <laughs> And then she goes, what about the return of Superman, the white bag? And I went, oh, that's like $5. And she just stormed <laughs> off. She turned around and stormed off. And I was laughing so hard. So, yeah, that's another example of someone who, who, uh, you know, knew, you know, they knew, they knew something was up and they jumped on it. And, and especially because the hype of that, you know, we talked about hype. I mean, that was all over the news. Remember, it was Superman dies oh, on Wednesday. Yeah, it was. I saw it on the news. Yeah, and I remember going to the comic shop that I go that I went to normally, and there was a line. There was a line down the street of people just to get that comic. Uh, but the hype got to everybody, and they made they probably printed a million copies, like literally probably a million copies. So, well, well that's what I was saying earlier too that the all the key all of the key elements actually have to work together in yeah. comic valuable. It's tough, man. It's hard. It's like we're saying it's hard. Do your research. Yeah, but don't worry about it because we're going to give you some comics that uh, that do, that will have potential. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll help you guys out. So I think uh, I think I think uh, I think we're, we covered it pretty well, guys. I think we can uh, I think we can sign off now unless there's anything else you want to throw in. Nope, we're good. All right, well. Uh, stay tuned. Um, like I said, if any questions, uh, throw it our way in the comments, and we'll get to them as soon as we can. Uh, but until then, uh, we'll see you guys next time.